This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, so this week's parasha, parasha's told us. Very interesting. We have a bunch of questions, which I've said a little bit before, but I've said I speak so much already. I don't know what I said when I said it. So sometimes I'm a little bit repetitive, but there's certain things like every week that are very important. So I don't know if I said this last year or two years ago, or I didn't say it at all, but I probably did say it. All right, let's start off with parasha's with. Um, Pasha's told us. So it starts off, Elah told us Yitzchak ben Avram. These are the children of Yitzchak ben Avram. Avram, Elah is Yitzchak. So it doesn't say much about Yitzchak. It says, it says Yitzchak came from Avram. Okay. By the way, it's just very interesting. So, so, so Rashi says that the Litzanei Hador were saying, Litzanei Hador were saying that, that Yitzchak was actually Abimelech's child because Sorry, made her live with Avram Avinu all those years. She never got pregnant. Then she, one night, was by Abimelech in his palace, and all of a sudden she got pregnant. So they all said that it's not Avram's, that's not Avram's child, it's Abimelech's child. But if you do the dates and you do everything else, it was a year and a half. She got pregnant a year and a half after they were in his. So it's impossible she got pregnant from him unless the woman carries for a year and a half. So what are they talking about? It would have to be nine months later. So. So Teretz is that when it comes to Lutzanis, it doesn't have to make any sense. You can get up and give a whole speech, and then one guy makes a joke, right? It doesn't even make sense what he's saying, whatever, it doesn't make any sense. The whole thing is ruined. A one let's can ruin a... So even though it's impossible, she gave, back, she gave birth a year and a half later, and it takes nine months to have a child, right? And it couldn't be, they, they were making fun, because Lamaisa, she didn't get pregnant when, until she went over there, she didn't get pregnant. And on top of that, everyone knew that, I mean, that, what, that the punishment that Hashem gave was that um, that they all weren't able to have children at that time. The whole household, the whole palace stopped having children. So how could you say that she got pregnant from him? The whole thing was nonsense. But a little bit of nonsense can... Uh, stuff doesn't have to make sense. I once again was challenged today by a young 10th grade girl from a very from yeshiva who came to my office because she was sent to my office to talk to me because she told her parents she has a lot of questions on the Torah and a lot of questions on God. And I have just no nonsense. I'm like, listen to me, little girl. I'm like, let's, let's get something straight right here. Um, there are two reasons that a person has questions on God. One, they're going through a very hard, traumatic life, abuse or something else, or someone very close to them that they felt shouldn't have died, died. So trauma, trauma can cause you to say, Tzadik for Aloy. Could people and bad things happen? Moshe Rabbeinu asked it. It's a normal question, right? Trauma, or you're doing something nasty that you can't deal with God. So you have to get rid of God. So, like, what are you doing? Don't have to tell me, but it's one of those two. Correct or incorrect? Either you went through trauma, or you have to get rid of Hashem because you're doing something you know He doesn't, you don't want Him. So, of course, what the question is, what came first? Asking questions on God or doing the wrong thing. And we know it's always doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing, then all of a sudden the Yitzhara starts to creep in. You feel bad. I can't believe I did this. Right? So Yitzhara's like, well, maybe it's not such a bad thing. Because how do you know? Maybe there's no Hashem in the world. It starts creeping into your head. All of a sudden you have these questions. These questions don't really make a lot of sense, right? I've got some like crazy questions on the Torah, which are just which I answered. Like, she had a question. I'm not going to repeat the question for whatever reason. She had a question on something that she learned in the Torah. So I said, it's a Medrash. Medrash asked the question. This is the Torah. 
So she's looking at me. I'm like, you didn't want the answer. If you wanted the answer, you would have found the measures. You're a tenth grader. You would have said, I'm not going to sleep. I have a cash on the chumash. I'm not going to sleep till I find the answer. So you didn't even look for the answer. You would have said, I have a cash on the chumash. That means the chumash is not right. The chumash is not right. God didn't miss the chumash. God didn't miss the chumash. The whole thing doesn't make sense. All thing doesn't make sense. There's no God. There's no God. I can do whatever I want. Thank you very much. I said, you need to look for the answer. If it bothers you, you have a question, you look for the answer. So all of us who are watching tonight, Rabbi Wallstein share, if you have a lot of questions, and you've had questions for a long time, and you never look for the answers, guess what? You don't have questions. You have excuses for doing what you're doing. Because if there were questions, you'd want an answer. Because we want answers on our questions. So if you have questions, why Hashem, why this, why that, and you didn't take out Svarim, and you didn't sit down with Rebbe, and you didn't, you didn't search, and you didn't look, you don't really care. The guys in class are like, learning good morning, they're like, Rebbe, right, right, whatever it is, and then you're like, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll my recess, I'll tell you the answer. No, no, I, I have to, I have to go play. So that's not, you don't have no question. If you have a question, it bothers you. If it bothers you, you're gonna ask the question. So, whatever. So I told her, I said, you don't have to tell me what, you, what you're struggling with. But you struggled, then I gave her a list of things I think she was struggling with, and of course, one of the things on that list was correct. So I said, now you need to know, now if you want to come back and talk to me, we can talk about it, and we can try to figure out how, where it's coming from. I'm very into where it's coming from. I think that one of the, one of the biggest mistakes, and I'll tell you what happened in seminary this week. One of, it's great guys come to Shin to hear about what happened in seminary. That's why you're all here. I know why you're all here. Okay. Anyway, but it's, it, it was just, it was, it, was a, it was a very interesting point, and it's really my, it's really my whole, my, my my share tonight, and um, okay. So so let's just this is this is a real question here. Rifki Menu right, had a real question, so it bothered her. She couldn't sleep. I right through Bun and Bikirba. She didn't understand what's going on. She went past an Apple store, and the baby tried to get out. And then she went past Yeshiva, and the baby tried to get. Out. She can't be. But the baby wants to go to an Apple store, and the same baby wants to learn. You can't have an iPod and be learning, right? Sticking that in there a little bit, right? So she knew that if it's an internet store and an Apple store, so there's something wrong with this kid. He wants to go to Yeshiva to learn with an Apple phone? Can't be. Can't be the same kid. We'll pass the movie theater, whatever you want to, whatever you want to, whatever you think is bad in your life, whatever it is, right? So she thought this kid is all mixed up. He's all shoo-shoo. He's, she doesn't know what he wants, right? Even though today she wouldn't ask a question. Because if he wants to get out in the, he wants to get out in the movies and he wants to go to Yeshiva, okay, that's normal. Well, I would ask a question. That, that kid's normal. In our day and age, big deal. You go to Yeshiva, you watch movies, right? You do whatever you want. So, in our days, this whole chumash wouldn't have happened. But he's raised to kid. Okay, it's normal kid. Okay, it's normal, right? Come on, Rabbi Wallace, what do you want from him? He has internet, so he watches a couple of movies. No, no. Right? She wouldn't have this kind of shit. This big caution. This kid wants to get out. Then this kid wants to get out. How could it be the same kid? Those days are a little bit, a little bit different. And interestingly enough, um, there's a kasha, I mentioned this before. Lamaisa, we know why Asaf wanted to get out. Asaf sitting in there, he's a malach teaching Torah, and they're going through Shas, and they're, they're learning all this good stuff, right? And he's walking by a church, or Avaid Zara, so Asaf wants to jump out of there. But why did Yaakov want to get out? Yaakov's learning with a malach, Torah. Why does he want to get out? It says, when you went past Yeshiva, the other baby tried to get out, right? So why do you want to get out? He's learning with a malach. You're not, I mean, Rabbeim are great, and, and Yeshiva is great, I'm sure it was the best Yeshiva in the world, right? But a malach, a malach. Right? A malach, a malach. It's amazing. It definitely made Torah interesting when you learn it from an angel. Right? He's definitely not going to smack you around, even though he does. Smacks you underneath the nose. Right? So you get one hit. But Lamai said, oh, that's an interesting thing. I didn't talk about this last week. The whole argument about getting hit. Look at that. Before you come into the world, you get hit. And you get hit so hard, you forget everything. I think, oh, I didn't think about that. I don't have to talk about that. 
So Lamaisa, everything is prepared before you come into the world. Everything is prepared in your in your life. You already got hit, it's a big deal, right? The Malach hit you. And you're ready, we talked about this, you're ready in the million of cells that try to to, to, to fertilize the egg, there's millions of cells and they're all fighting, they're all trying to get you're the one that made it. All the other ones died. They didn't make it. You're the one that made it. So that's what the, that's what the mission says in Pekayavos. You should know where you come from. A putrid seed. Why are you telling me that? And the answer is that everything else died. The seed died. The only thing that made it was one cell. One cell out of a million. Right? And who is that cell? You. Otherwise you wouldn't be in this world. So before you even got here, you struggled. You struggled against millions. You struggled. And you were the one that fertilized the egg. And that's why you're here. And a million other guys didn't make it. You're the champion. You have it in your DNA to struggle before you even got here, to struggle and be victorious and be a winner. It's a crazy mission. Know where you come from. That you already, you already, you already have it in you to be a champion, to be a winner. So what are you giving up for? And you're not struggling against a million others. You're struggling against yourself, usually. So anyway, let's get, let's get back on subject. So... So now it says, he Yitzchak ben Abam Shana Bekafteh's Rivka. Yitzchak was 40 years old when he took Rivka Bas Besuel HaRami. We put Aram Achis Lovan HaRami Lo Yisha. Look at what this Torah is doing. Look how they're talking about Rivka Imenu. Why do you have to say this? Listen carefully. Yitzchak! It sounds like Shidduchim now. Shidduchim now, the mother's like, the boy is like, I don't know, you know, we don't talk, we don't read Shidduchim to the girls anymore, we read to their mothers. And to the boys, we don't read it to them, we read it to the mothers. And mothers of the boys think that their boy is, that's it, no one's good enough. Maybe we'll let him get married to someone, we'll do her a favor, right? So here, the Torah, the Torah says, by he Yitzchak, okay, I'm going to get a bunch of emails from mothers, but anyway, by he Yitzchak, that Abraham Shana, right? Who was Yitzchak? Abraham Al Yitzchak, Sadik Ben Sadik. Now let's talk about the girl. The Kafe is Rivka, when he took Rivka, who was she? Bas Besuel Arami, the daughter of Besuel, the lowlife Besuel Arami. Anyone here know why his name was Besuel? Anyone know the measures why his name was Besuel? Because he was the governor of the town, and nobody, no girl was allowed to get married to her chassan before sleeping with him. So that's why he got the name Bituel from the word Besula. Not a good guy. And that's why he died, right? Because. Um, they, the, the people in the town said, if, if you allow Rivka to get married without sleeping with your own daughter, we're gonna kill you. So Eliezer said, so the Malach, when the whole thing went with, with Besuel, the Malach poisoned, he got poisoned because, no way, Besuel, you're gonna touch Rivka. And, and that's what it says that she didn't, she was never to any man. So he, he was not a good guy. That's, he got his name Besuel from that name, okay? We know the Greeks used to do it also, that's why women are machayev to half an hour on Hanukkah, they're not allowed to cook. Or do any avoid because in the Greek, the Greek governors used to also do that. So women were saved from that by, by the miracle of Hanukkah, so that's why they're not allowed to, that's one of the reasons that they, they have a, the, those 30 minutes, they're not allowed to do anything. But anyway, so, so the Torah is telling you, you know who Rivka was? She was the daughter of Besuel, Harami, the crook, the deceitful one. From where did she come? The Padan Aram, very bad place. Who was she? Achos Lavan Harami, the sister of Lavan, the, the cheater. What's the Torah doing here? Why are you doing this to her? Why are you telling us this? First of all, we know from last week's Pasha. Last week's Pasha says who they were, right? So we know that Basuel Harani was her father, and we know that Laban Harani was her brother. So we know that they were crooks, and they know they were lowlifes, 
So you don't have to tell me this in this week's Pasha. Just tell me. Finished. Why are you telling me all the negative things about her? That her brother was a lowlife and her father was a lowlife. Why are you saying this? Why are you saying this? We know this. So it's not information that we need. It seems to be saying bad things about Rivka. So Yitzchak, you're just talking about Yitzchak comes. So they get stuff from, from Avram and from, from Sarah. And Rivka, look where she comes from. Suh Harami. Love Harami. Okay, so that's number one kasha. Number one kasha is why are we saying all these bad things about Rivka? Two. So Yitzchak Davin to Hashem opposite, right? His wife Kiyakarihi because she was an Akara. Hashem and Hashem listened to him. So the famous question is: So Rashi says that what does it mean when opposite his wife? On a roof, Yitzchak was in one corner. Rivka was in another corner. Who really cares? Why would the Torah tell me that? You care? Does anyone in this room care? The position of where they were standing when they davened. They were both on the same side of the roof. They were davening inside the house. They were davening in the kitchen. Why does the Torah have to tell us, right, that they were opposite each other? Now, something even harder to understand is the Torah tells us, Hashem, Hashem, listen to him. So here, let me tell you a story. There was this husband and wife. They didn't have children for 10 years. They went to the Rebbe. They come to the Rebbe and they say, Rebbe, Ten years we don't have children, we need a bracha. And the Rebbe says, listen, tonight is a very special night. If you go home, and each one of you says the whole Tehillim tonight, there's Rat Hashem, you want, I don't know if you can say it like with a Sephardi, uh, right? Right? Hashem, and a year from now, today, you're going to make a bris on your son. So like, oh, the Rebbe said, they run home. He says the whole thing. She says the whole thing. They're crying and they're davening. The kachoya, exactly a year to the day, like he said. They're making a bris. So of course, they call the Rebbe. The Rebbe has to be the Sandik. What's the Shiloh? Right? So the Rebbe is the Sandik. And when it's talking, the Rebbe gave a bracha and ten years. didn't have children. And Mamash on the day, he said, it's amazing, whatever it is. And fine, they do the bris and everything else. Now, they go home. And the Rebbe comes to the house. And they're, they're both sitting at the table, and they're like, Rebbe, we don't even know how to thank you. No children for 10 years, and you gave us a bracha. And Mamash, on the day you said it was going to be the bris, the bris, uh, we don't even understand. The Rebbe did this for us. It's unbelievable. And, and you know, we went home, like the Rebbe said, and we both thought it. We said the whole Tehillim, and, and maybe the Rebbe needs to tell more people who don't have children. But on that special night, they do Davin, and the Rebbe looks at her. He says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Hashem didn't listen to one word you said. The reason you have a child is only because your husband davened and Hashem listened to his tefillah. Your tefillah went nowhere. Zero. If you would have been the only one that davened, you would never have kids. Do you know why you have children? Because your husband davened. The poor girl, could you imagine? She's finished. She's finished. My davening doesn't count. Like they, you know, girls, especially girls, what I have, they say did. And, 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 and I can't, and, 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 and the, the man's going to be looking at the river like, it's, okay, it's very cool that it's my, my children, but why would you tell her that? Why would you tell her that? To say, Baruch Hashem, you both daven. Why would you, why would you tell her that? Now she's never going to daven again. Right? You would not like that Rebbe, anyone here. You would not go to that Rebbe. So what's going on over here in the Pasuk? They both went to daven on two sides of the room. Says the Pasuk, guess what? By yes, Allah Hashem. Hashem only listened to his Tzvila. Her Tzvila went nowhere. 
How does the Torah tell us that? Even if it's true, Tzadik ben Tzadik, Tzadik ben Russia. Rivka went and cried her eyes out. Why would you tell her? By the way, your thriller went nowhere. We listened to we listened to Yitzchak. And you guys, I, I know that some of you take Ambien because you can't sleep at night. Because when you learned this in seventh grade, you, it bothers you. And to this day, 20 years later, your mom can't sleep. How did you learn this blessing? How did the blessing tell us? You just accepted that? Oh, Tzadik ben Rosh, Tzadik ben Tzadik. Hashem listened to Tzadik ben Tzadik. Why can't Hashem listen to both of them? What would have been so bad? Tzadik ben Tzadik, Tzadik ben Rosh. So all of us who have Chatzoshom come from not just good parents, we could be like, when I daven, when I daven, Hashem will listen to me. Now, Tzadik ben Rosh is saying, uh-uh, he listened to him, not to me. Why are you telling us this, Hashem? Why are you saying this in the Torah? What's the game? Look at the game. And Hashem listened to their tefillah. What do you have to gain by telling me that her tiller was not listened to? Okay, it doesn't say her tiller wasn't listened to. It says his tiller was listened to. So we, we, we figured it out that her tiller wasn't listened to. Okay. It's getting even more shred than this. So by which is an interesting word, it should say that the two children were struggling in her womb, not inside her. They weren't struggling in her stomach or her chest or inside her. It sounds like they were jumping around, they were in her womb. So if you talk, it shouldn't say the word bikirba, right? It should say bimeeha, right? Okay. And by time in Kane, Lama Zanaichi, if so, if my kids are, if, if I'm going through this, Lama Zanaichi, then uh, why, why, do, why me? Why do I have to go through this? She didn't go to the doctor, but she went Lidrash Hashem. She went to the yeshiva. Why are we using the word Lidrash? Lishal. She went to ask a question. What's going on? Lidrash is a drasha. She went for a drasha? She went to ask a question. So why does the Torah use the word Lidrash Hashem? Hashem. So Hashem Be'eva said, You have two children, not one. Okay. So we have a lot of questions here. So what's really going on over here? Why do we need to know where she comes from? Why are we saying bad about her? Why don't we say Hashem listens to both their fellows? So what's going on? So tonight I'm not going to, into the chidah on the whole. There's a lot of Gilgal here. A lot of Gilgal here. We're not going to go into Gilgal. Um, but I'll tell you one little piece. That, that, that he came out all red. Right? Esau came out all red. Why did he come out all red? So because of Shvichas Damim. came out all red because of Shvichas Damim. So the Kasha is, he did killing, murder, blood, letting blood. So we know that he did a lot, he did a lot of Averis. He was Ma'anus, he was Ma'anus in Arusa, he, uh, he, did, he did a committed adultery, he did, he did a crazy amount of Averis. He also killed Nimrod, he also killed people. So the question is, why of all the things did he come out red? There's, also, there's a lot of other Averis. Right, but he did more than Averis. He did other Averis, not just Dam. Why'd you pick Shvichas Damen? Why'd you pick what? No, it's not the worst one. It's the worst one. So the Chidot says that he was a Gildal of Cain. That Asa was a Gildal of Cain. And therefore, since Cain killed his brother Hevel, so, so Cain was, and also Cain from the star, the red star, whatever it is. So because he was a Gildal of Cain, he came out. That's why he came out red. Why'd he come out red? Why'd he come out red? Why'd he come out red? He didn't do the Shvichas Damen yet. He didn't kill anybody yet. So why did he come out red? So Chidot says he came out red because he was a Gilgal of Kain. And Kain, the whole reason that Kain had to come back was because Kain murdered Eva. So he already came out red. Okay, that's off, off, the, off the side. So, so what's going on over here? So I'm going to tell you what's going on over here. Which I think is very important. It's what I spoke about in, in, in seminary yesterday. 
So what's, he didn't fix it. What? He came back again and he still did No, he surely did not fix it. Right. He did not fix it. He came, Kain came back and Kain came comes back later at Kairach. And he again didn't fix it. Yeah, we learned about it. He, he came back a few times and didn't fix it. Just because you come back and gilded doesn't mean you fixed it. We're all gilded. Everyone in this room is a gilded. Why, why does he come back as a bad guy all the time? What? He comes back as a bad guy. So we discussed this one. We discussed this a long time ago. Because, because, because once you... Your first Gilgal, you had choice. Once you, 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 you made the choice to be a murderer, to be massacring that is now you don't have choice. So now you have to fight it. That's always the Tikkun. I gave you free choice. Now you took, you took free choice and you made a choice. So now that's your choice. So now the next time you come down, you don't get free choice. That's what you are, because that's what you picked. Now, to fix it, you have to go against your non-free choice. In other words, this, you have this Mida of, I want to kill. So the, so, so Chazal says, so now what do you do with this guy? He's born as a murderer because that's, he made that choice last time. So, you, so how do you fix it? He becomes a butcher. He becomes a mayo, right? So, so no matter what you come back as, that mida, right? You can use it for something good, which we'll talk about. Why, why did he start him off as already dead? Like ready in his mother's womb? We already started him off like going to Isn't it that when he's right? So Chazal. So Chazal, I said, I said, you know, even I, when I spoke in Lakewood, I spoke in Lakewood two weeks ago, I said, like, you know, you, you, we have kids that are off the derech, 12 years old. I, I, it, was, it was support groups. I said, who's, the, like, what's the youngest kid, 11 years old, right? Eight-year-old kids are, you know, are not off the derech. Uh, seven-year-old kids, most of them. And then they may, you know, color outside the box in, in the crayons, but they're not, they're not off the derech, right? So, so, so we don't have, here, Rifka had a kid that was off the derech before he was born. That's pretty early, no? Early intervention. She had, she had a kid that was off the death before you. But, very interesting, which is so true. Esav, what was supposed to happen, really, is we were supposed to have Arba Imahos and Arba Avos. Esav was supposed to marry Leah. And we were supposed to have, Christ was supposed to have, because you have to remember, Esav came from Yitzchak. He's a Jew. Esav was a Jew, right? Came from Yitzchak. So, so, and, and Yisuf was married to a Jew, Rivka. So he was a Jew. After that, he got married, Yishmael, this and that, the women were going, so the children were going. But Esau was a Jew. And it says that he was supposed to be married to Rivka, and we were supposed to, he was supposed to be one of our forefathers. And according to Chazal, he was going to be greater than Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the Zayar says, all together, he was supposed to be the fourth guy at the table, when Mashiach comes, he was going to be greater than all of that. So, even though he was born with these Midos, his head was way bigger than Yaakov's head. And that's why it was buried in Meretz and Much bigger head. And had he, had he overcome his, his tikkun, he would have been much bigger. He was a tzayin b'fiv. He was, he was brilliant. He was a tzayin b'fiv. He fooled his father. You have to mice, right? He was a tzayin b'fiv. Tzayin b'fiv, you know, you can use to trick people. You know, some of the most brilliant, look at what's his name, Madoff, right? Brilliant man. He uses brilliance to rip off people. Madoff, they say, would have made more money if he would use his brilliance to make money. Honestly. He was brilliant. Everybody has certain, has certain powers. You can use the power for good, and you can use the power for bad. You know, I can talk people into doing good things. Trust me, I can talk people into doing bad things too. Right? But, Baruch Hashem, I, I didn't choose that path. I could be real bad. I could have been really bad. Huge. You know, Avina Marcanos instead of Avina Marcanos, 2,000 people, gospel. 
you know? <laughs> Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, gospel. Praise be the Lord, you know? Get everyone together. You have the power of speech, you have the power of speech. The question is, how do you use the power of speech? So everything that a person is given, which we're going we're to talk about, everything that a person is given can be, can be used good and bad. So anyway, so this is what's going on over here. Let me tell you what's going on over here. Yitzhak Avinu and Rivka had, an argue, had, had, had a difference of opinion, which happens to be a very interesting difference of opinion. Yitzhak Avinu believed that if he's going to have a child, the child should be either, very, either perfectly good or perfectly bad. Bad to the bone, the worst. Why? Because Yitzhak was Gevura. And Gevura... Is, is like a very straight black and white type of person. He was Din, he was Gvura. He wasn't Avram Avinu. Chesed people, we see things in color. You know what I mean? One plus one equals whatever you need it to equal. That's Chesed, that's Rachman. Right? Din is the accountant. One plus one equals two, and it always equals two. And no matter how you're going to divide it or add it, it's always going to equal two. And those are people who are usually into numbers, halacha, very black and white halacha. And, and people who are into Kabbalah and more medrish are more color. But and everyone has a different neshama. Everyone has, a, has we come from a different place. And that's why you have people who write Shulchan Aruch and you have people who write Zayar and you have people that write Mishnahis and Gemara. And every, 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 depends on the person and what they write in. You have the Kubalim and you have Tamidah Chachamim and you have Dayanim. And Dayanim are black and white halacha and writing hundreds of Swarma halacha, right? So every, everybody's different. He believed, Yitzchak, that as long as the person's not wishy-washy, they're going to come out okay. You take a guy who's really bad to the bone. He's mamish, he's machal Shabbos, he eats treif. He's really, really bad. He doesn't do anything good. One day he's going to do tshuva. Because he's going to look in the mirror and say, I am really bad. And there's nothing good about me. I am really bad. I have to change. I'm not happy with myself. So if I'm really bad, 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 black, bad, really bad, I know that I'm bad, I'm going to change. But when you think, well, not so bad. Because I do, thank you very much. Because I do a little good here, a little good there. You're happy with yourself. You're happy with yourself. You're not going to change. That's what we talked about Sodom. Sodom thought, what do you mean? We're good guys. A person who's poor should stay poor. That's what God made him. If you're going to intervene, you're doing that error. So they had this whole Torah on being bad, that it's really good. So Abraham Avinu said, I can't help them. I'm not going to make them Bali Shuba because they think that what they do is good. Same thing in Noah's, in Noah's time. They stole less than a Shavu Pruta, right? So they stole less than a Shavu Pruta. They said, I didn't do anything wrong. Halakhli, I didn't do anything wrong. Halakhli, I didn't do anything wrong. Have a good day. So people who are in the gray, they don't do Shuba because they really, they do a lot of Averis, but they also do some mitzvahs, so they make themselves feel okay. So you said, I don't want that. I don't want no mixed up wishy-washy guy. Give me a good boy, great boy, give me a bad boy. Because both of them will end up good. Rifka said no. I don't want no bad boy. Give me a kid who's both. Has a good day, has a bad day. We'll work on him, thank you. We'll work on him. We'll get him to a good place. Give me a guy that's great. Just was their machlaikis. She felt that way, and he felt, yes, it felt very different. So, what happens? What happens? So they davin. Rivka davin. They're davening for one kid. They didn't expect to have twins. Rivka's davening on one side of the roof. Hashem, please give me a boy. I know. It's a hard thing to say. Where did Asa come from? 
Why does the Torah tell us? Because at the end of the day, there's spiritual DNA. It's not my shit tonight. But there's spiritual DNA. At the end of the day, there is spiritual DNA. And Rishka came from a very bad house. So it says in the Gemara, if you want to know the Shidduch, look at the brother of the girl you're going to marry. And the brother was Wafan, and the Torah tells you that. Right? So, so the bottom line is, she knew and he knew that there's going to be some bad coming from that side of the family. They knew that. So, so Yitzhak said, either give me all good with no bad, or give me all bad, and, and, and the guy who's all bad will realize that one day that I'm really not a good guy, and he'll change. Rishki said, listen, I got, you got good stuff, I got some bad stuff. So the kid will have a mixture, and we'll work on him, he'll be fine. So each one diving for what they wanted to dive. So when the Torah tells us, it's beautiful. When the Torah tells us, okay, number one, you need to know where Rivka comes from, but there's a different reason for that. But, he davened against his wife. She davened for gray, and he davened for black or white. So the Torah is not telling us that she got pregnant because Hashem listened to his tzillah and not her tzillah. That's not chas The Torah would never say that. The Torah is saying, Hashem. Hashem listened to him. And what did he do? He didn't give him a gray. He gave him one black and one white. So the Torah is not saying that she got pregnant and she had a child because Yitzchak was davening and, and he listened to him and not her. The Torah is saying, no, they were davening with Neichach. It's the same passage. They were davening for two different things. Who did Hashem listen to? Hashem listened to him. That's all the passage is telling us. Rashi said that because he was a Tzadik Rashi said because he was a Tzadik That's why he listened to the black and white. And this is not Rashi. But it could be. It could be that that's why Hashem listened. He, he was a Tzadik and Tzadik. And that's what he davened for. But that's not, it's not a connection to Rashi. This shot's not a connection to Rashi. Okay, so now, let's see what happens. So by Yisraeli to Abundant Bikirba, right? So she's, she's, the children are, 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 are fighting Bikirba in her. So she, so there was this Yetzatayv and Yetzahara that was mixed. So she said, I don't understand. My husband Davin, so we can, we can say this two different beautiful ways. My husband Davin, and his children was accepted, so then Lama Zanaychi, why, why did I get, why me? Why did I get what I done for? If, if Yitzhak's tiller was accepted, so Lama Zanaychi, why is this kid trying to get out by church? He's trying to get out by shul. Sounds like I got what I want. I got a guy who's great. I don't get a, she didn't know that there was twins yet, right? She said, Lama Zanaychi, why did Hashem listen to me? It said, Hashem listen to him. Why Hashem listen to me? That's one shot. Another shot is Lama Zanaychi, she said like this. Why not, Avraham Avinu had a Beisak, not a Beisak, we'll call it Beisara, right? He, he had a school, he took people, girls from Kharan, and he made them for a beautiful, Beisakov, Sneers, unbelievable, right? And he had a yeshiva for boys, and it was doing great, and he was making Bali Chuvas, and it was fantastic. So why did he take the valedictorian of his Beisakov for his son Yitzchak, the best, best girl, right? And Beisara, and, and married to Yitzchak. Why are you sending Eliezer to some strange place to find some random girl, right, who's not from Canaan, when you have a base Yaakov, and you have a valedictorian, she's the best girl, take her! Why you take the chance? Eliezer, with camels, with mice, you got a school! You made the school, you know the girls, right? Take the valedictorian. What was the answer? The answer is, Ashenefesh Asher Asu, it says Bukhara. What does that mean? He made them in Bukhara. How do you make somebody? So the shot was, that he paid them off. 
he went ahead, he opened the hotel, five star, come to my hotel, eat whatever you want, sleep in the, in the room. He, he went and he paid them off and he gave them food and he gave them housing and he gave them whatever they wanted. Okay, you want me to be a Jew? I'll be a Jew. He realized that Kananim go with the highest bidder. Today the Jews give me a thousand, I'll be a Jew. Tomorrow the, 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 they, go, they go to Brighton Beach and, 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 and they give us $2,000, right? And we see talking what goes on at Brighton Beach, that the, the, they come the missionaries and they give these people, we'll give you jobs, we'll give you your kids schooling through college, then we'll give them a job, we'll give you an apartment for free, just come to church and baptize them. And never so many Russian Jews that baptize their children because you can buy them off. They're not used to getting food, they're not used to getting houses, they're not used to getting education for free, and we never, we don't offer that, we don't go to Brighton Beach and say, come to Yeshiva and we'll pay your rent and we'll give you food or whatever it is. The missionaries have a lot more money than we do, right? So, those are wishy-washy people. So, Avram Avinu knew that the people he made Bali Chuvas, they only became Bali Chuvas, not because they found God, because they found him, and he had a big, and he had a big checkbook. So he said, I don't want that, I don't want my son to marry into, into Shushi, to, to people who you can buy off, who missionaries can buy off, I need someone who's an action, such an action, right? Even if they're bad, such an action that there's no way you can give them a million dollars. They hold what they hold. You know, some guys like that, right? You can't change their mind no matter what. Because I need that in class. So why is it going to be a Spanish position where they're going to say any Jew, right, that crosses himself and joins and becomes joins the church, he, he can be part of us. So the Jews, if, if they're coming from these people, from these Kananim, Fine, I'll do that. So he needed people that cannot be bought. He said, my, my yeshiva, these are people that are bought. So he said, where do I know somebody that is so bad, no matter how much you try, he's in action. He's stubborn. He said, my family in Padana Rum, Bisuel and Lavan, I've been working on those guys with his nephew for the longest time. There's such Sean, what he used to do with Suel. No matter what I do, they're crooks. They're low lives, and I can't change them. If you can find amongst that group a good girl, that's what I want. Because she's going to have the need of being stubborn, but she's going to be stubborn good. So go see if you can find in my family, if you can find them. When those were shot that I've been working on for 80 years, and there's no way they're changing, find me someone good. So now... Because I don't want to wishy-washy people. I want people who are solid. So Rifki Mayor now has this baby. Baby wants to get out of church. Baby wants to run a yeshiva. The baby's all mixed up. So she said, Why didn't Avram Avinu pick me? If the only reason you picked me is to be solid, this kid's all mixed up. So why did he need me? He could have taken his valedictorian. He didn't need me. I got a kid. Now it's all mixed up. So she didn't understand what was going on over here. So she needed a drasha. Not a shayla. She said, my husband was listening, my husband David. Hashem listened to my husband that he wants black or white. This kid is gray. What's the pshat? She wasn't asking the Shaila. She said, what's the pshat with this kid? It doesn't make any sense. I'm you pick me so I should have a solid kid. And I got a kid that's wishy-washy. So she said, Loma Zanaki. She wasn't complaining because she was having a hard labor. Do you think Rifki made him? We have women today that have terrible labor and they're like, I'm a Kabul. First of all, she didn't have children. She was not Kara. So now she's pregnant and she's gonna come. Do you think a woman who doesn't have children who's told you're never gonna have children and she's barren? And now she's pregnant and she has morning sickness and she's throwing up. She's like, oh, why me? Why? Why me? Why did I get pregnant? Were you crazy? She'd be like, I love to throw up. My dream was to throw up. I thank Hashem that I throw up. And he's like, yeah, me too. But you throw up. 
right? <laughs> you know, all, all the guys, they call up after they have the baby, like, hi, Rebbe. I'm like, no, Mazel Tov, I had a boy. Like, fantastic. Wow, it was so rough, Rebbe. I'm like, they gave you an epidural? <laughs> what was rough? Rebbe, she went through 15 hours of labor. I mean, so you mean it was rough on her? No, you know what's for me, Rebbe? To sit there for 15 hours? <laughs> she's going through labor, and he's like, you know, I feel sorry for me. It's guys, that's how we are. You know, I mean, you know what I went through? I went through 15 hours of labor. No, you didn't go through 15 hours of labor. She went through 15 hours of labor, and you had a Diet Coke and another Coke. You went to get a Frank, and you came back, and you said, be back soon. And you called your friends, right? Okay, it's fine. Anyway, that's not the point. So, so it wasn't that she was in pain. She wasn't in, that's not why she went. But Taylor lived with Hashem. So he said, they answered her, listen, you're both right. Anoichi, that, that Yitzhak was, that he was answered his tefillah, he was answered. You have a child that's, that's kuli ra, and you have a, you have a child that's kuli toy. I'm going to tell you something that happened. Which is a very important lesson to all of us. Kuli ra, kuli toy. So now she understood that her, her husband was answered because they wasn't mixed up. And then she understood why Abraham Avinu picked her. Because again, they were both solid. But, she complained. And when she said, so it says that at that point, she said, that she thought it was one child, right? She said, why do I have a child that wants to get out in the church? What do I need this for? I have a child that's off the derech. She said, How, why do I have a child that's off the derech, Hashem? I don't want a Russia, but he's trying to get out in the church. Why did you give me a Russia? Because she asked that, no, you did. She said, Lomo Zeh. The word was Zeh, right? Zeh equals 12. The Chazal said, the Zayar says that she was supposed to have the Shvatim. Rifki Mader was supposed to have the Shvatim. Because she complained to Hashem and said, I have this bad boy, Lomo Zeh, why is this happening to me? Why am I having a Russia? Because Rokhu said, if you asking me that question, then you're not ready to have the 12, to have 12 Shvatim. Zeh equals 12. And she tackled lost the Zach. She didn't have the Shvatim. So she had a kid that's off the Zarech and he's struggling. Stick with him. Stick with him. Don't complain. One more Zach. Because Chasushan, what you're giving up? Hashem said, okay, you don't want the Zach? You're supposed to have the Zach. You, 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 you have questions on children and what? So you're not going to have any more children. You're just going to have these two and that's it. And she lost, I, I, saw, I, I can read it from the safe. She lost the Shvatim. She yeah, lost the Shvatim. In fact, what? She didn't know. She didn't know she was having twins. No, she knew she was not twins. She knew she was having a kid that was off the derech. He was trying to get out by a church. So she said, what do I need this for? I need a kid that's off the derech? Some people said, tell me, Rabbi Walton, I would rather not have this child. This child's causing me so much grievance. He's off the derech. Machal Shabbos. I wish he wasn't born. Look at Rivka. Look what happened to her because she said that. She lost all 12 shvatim. So that's, uh, that's pretty serious. Okay. So now... But she, she, she didn't know. No, she didn't know. But it says she was supposed to have the twelve shvatim. Now let's go back, and, and then I'll, and we'll get to my point. Let's go. Let's go back to the passage where it says how bad she was. That she came from Besul Arami Panarama Arami Why is the Torah telling me this? And I'll tell you why the Torah is telling you this. Because at the end, the passage told us Rivka has to pull the big switch, and she has to get the bracha away from. Away from Esau and get it to Yaakov. She had to be a little bit of her brother. She had to be a little bit of an Arami. She had to trick Yitzhak. And if you see how she did it, she was brilliant. 
She said, I know exactly what's going to go down here. You're going to come in there and you're going to try to fake out Asa's voice. It's not going to work. I know the next move. The next move is your father is going to try to steal your hands. Because Asa had very hairy hands. So we're going to put goat's hair on your hands. Right? Now that's pretty tricky. Right? Because I know what's going to happen. So we're going to put goat's hair on your father. Now, your father's going to smell you. Now, you are Yeshiva Holland. You smell really nice. Asa don't smell so nice. He's in the fields. So we got to put on Asa's jacket. You're going to put on Asa's jacket. So when he smells you, it's going to smell from the field. So we're going to fool this smell. He's blind. We're going to fool this smell. We're going to fool his touch. We're going to fool his taste. There's five senses to a person. So let's, let's go through this. His touch is going to feel hairy arms. Right? Smell, he's going to smell from the field. Food, taste. So she knew how Asaph used to cook food for his father. So she made the exact same food. His father asked Asaph to make food. She made the exact same. So taste was the same, was the, was the same taste. Now, he was blind, so there was no problem with seeing. There was one thing left. And that was sound. And there he didn't fool them. Because there, he couldn't change his voice. So Taka, Yitzchuk said, Hakol Kol Yaakov, there he didn't fool him. But she had all four senses covered. Seeing, smelling, tasting, right? Everything. And touching. The only thing she couldn't cover was hearing because he, he spoke like Yaakov Avinu. And Taka, that was the one thing that you still picked up. So it was pretty shrewd. It was very shrewd. She had it all covered. What? He didn't realize it was Yaakov in the place that came back. No, he didn't. He didn't realize it was Yaakov. He was pretty voice. Right, he said... That's what he said. Koko Yaakov, you die with the Esav. And he, 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 like, like, he figured maybe Esav, you know, it wasn't only the voice, it was the way he spoke to his father. Esav was very rough, right? So, so, he, four out of the five made sense. So, so he went for it. And then afterwards, Yaakov, Yisav realized, he didn't, he didn't say, curse be the one who stole the, who stole the bracha. And the, so, so the Torah tells us, I think it's a very important point in life. The Torah tells us, you can have bad midos. Where Rivka came from, she came from the worst, Basul Arami, and she came from Lavan Arami. You can have bad midos. But even if you have bad midos and you come from crooks, right? You could, in the end, you could use those midos to what you got, the bracha of the Kaifa. If Asa would have gotten the bracha, we wouldn't be here today, right? So I went around the class, and we're not going to do this tonight, but you should do it when you get home. I went around my class in seminary, and I said to them, Tell me a good thing about you, a good meat about you, or tell me a bad meat about you. You tell me a good meat about you, I will tell you how that good meat can be used for the worst reasons. If you tell me a bad meat about yourself, I'll tell you how that bad meat can be used for the greatest reasons. This week, Pasha, we see that Rivka used the meat of her brother and her father to get the bracha fiyako. So, one of the girls said, the first girl said, okay, I'll tell you a bad meat so she said, I don't like when people come to my house. I don't like chesed. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like guests. I don't like guests. So I had to figure out how that could be good. <laughs> so I said, okay, you'll never have boys coming to visit, to come hanging out and partying in your house. Because you don't like guests that aren't, you know, that, that don't, that not supposed to be in your house. I said, so you're protected from all those guys, whatever it is. But Lamaisa, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm looking at this girl, I'm like, that's not what's going on here, because why wouldn't why wouldn't someone want someone to come to? Like she said, I'm uncomfortable. People come to the house, sit on the couch. I might like, get out of my house. 
I, I, she has, I, I don't want people in my house. So I said, it's not Midas, it's not Midas Yisrael, it's not a Midas of Klai Yisrael to do that. So I said, you have to go inside yourself. If you ask me, somebody once came into your house who wasn't invited and hurt somebody or stole something. Somebody broke the trust of a stranger coming to your house. She's like, how did you know that? <laughs> I said, because, because it's not Kleistral, it's not Amida. So, so again, I'll go back to what I always say, that you're invi- you, you, don't, you don't change your environment unless you get pushed out of your environment. A normal Jewish person likes guests, likes people coming to the house. But if someone came to my house and stole something, then I don't, then I don't trust you. And if I don't trust you, then I don't, then I have this feeling, you know. And, and so we started going through different, it was very interesting. We started going through meetings of anger and a meeting of Rachamim. And so, so they're like, so okay, Red Wallstein, tell me a bad meet about you, about yourself. So I said, I used to have a very bad temper. As growing up, as a kid in hockey, I was, I had the most penal, penalized minutes of any player on the whole team. I used to just punch people and, and get really angry. And, and I had this very bad, very bad temper. I worked on it, I worked on it, we talked about it, I worked on it, but I said, I have to tell you something, that I've done certain things in my life from anger towards people who are disgracing Hashem. And if I didn't have that anger, there was no way that I would have the nerve to do what I did. I said, now, I'm not Pinchas ben Allah ben Aaron but Pichas ben Allah ben Aaron was, everyone thinks he was this guy walking around, you know, the shish guy in shul, you know, put your phone away, one of these guys, you know, Kanoi, I hate Kanoi. Pichas ben Allah was a quiet, relaxed, nice guy. And that's why the Torah says, Vayikach Reimach Vayadai. He had to go take a, a spear. He didn't have a spear. He didn't walk around with a spear. Okay, who's talking? You know, who's doing that there? So the Torah specifically says it wasn't in his hand. He had to go find one. He was a man of peace. He was a man of peace. But when they did this Adeira in front of Klai Yisrael, disgracing Hashem, in a moment of Kinah as Kinasi, which is a Russian of anger, he killed them. And what did Hashem say? We see Shalom. So, so, so anger is a very bad thing and anger destroys. But sometimes you need to be angry, angry at a situation. Look what they're doing to this kid. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going. I'm not just going to walk by and let this happen. I'm going to go. And I'm going to do what I have to. Right? Where's that coming from? If you don't have a temper, it's not going to happen, right? So, so a temper. Everything in this world can be good or bad. Atheism can be great. There's a place for atheism in Judaism. You know that, right? When it comes to tzedakah, people come to you. Someone says, "I need money. I'm making a wedding. Oh, Hashem will take care of it." Don't worry, Hashem takes care of everything. No, there's no Hashem. There's no Hashem, there's no God in the world. Only me, I'm the only one that can help you make this wedding. That's how you have to look at tzedakah. Somebody needs your help. Yeah, yeah, you need a ride? Oh, Hashem will find your ride, don't worry. Push Lema, everything will be good. No, when it comes to chesed, there's no Hashem. You're an atheist. God's not here, nobody can help you, I'm the only one that can help you. Get in the car, I'm going to drive you to the doctor, I'm going to drive you this, I'll pay your bill, I'll do everything. What do you mean? God will take you. And other people are like, ah, oh, they become Balamuna. Oh, Shem will take care of you. The guy comes that's to you for Tzedakah. What? No, that's, that's an atheist. When it comes, because I'm telling you, people get very firm and they're like, 
the very you know, why don't you give tzedakah? They give tzedakah to the mitzvah, give tzedakah. I mean, it's fine. The fact that they want to be nice, they give tzedakah. Right. So what? What? That's not my, I'm making a different point here. I'm making a point here. When someone comes to you for tzedakah and he has to marry for child, don't say, "Oh, don't worry, Hashem will take care of it." No, that's wrong. That's wrong. You need to take care of it. You need to think. I'm the only person in the world to take care of it. I gotta call all my friends, and I gotta make a parlor meeting, and I gotta go, and we gotta go, and we gotta collect, and we gotta take him to all the gamachs, and I got, right? But if you're like, oh, don't worry, Hashem will take care of you, everything will be good, Satishmaya, you got slaka, rucha. Listen, I go to collect money for an album, people tell me, oh, you're doing such a big mitzvah, and it's amazing what you do, I go for money, right? And they give me this whole speech, I'm like, check. <laughs> check, please. You know, like in the restaurant, check, please, like, and sometimes I walk out of there and they're like, wow, it's amazing, I'm jealous of what you do, and your maishim toivim, and your chesed, Hashem should be with you, and you should have hatzlacha, and I go and have a good day, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> Not what I came for. <laughs> don't become a rebel, I didn't come for a rebel, and don't become God, right? Or be an atheist, say like, oh my gosh, God's not going to help you. He's not going to be there for you. I got to do it for you. That's what Hashem wants. So there's a place for that too. All of a sudden, ah, everything's good, everything, you know, Hashem will take care of everything. Everything in this world, so, so I told the girls as a homework, and maybe you guys, it would be a very interesting thing to do tonight, or sometime this week. Go home, and write two very bad meadows that you have. Not that anyone here has any. Two very bad meadows that you heard someone might have, right? And write that down on a piece of paper, and then look at it and try to figure out how you could use those two meadows to do good. Then look at two good meadows that you have. I hope you can find that in yourself. If you can't, that's a bad meadow. If you can't find something good in yourself, right? So um, find two good things about yourself and find out how that can be used for bad. And you'll find some very interesting stuff happening. And there are a lot of good meetups that you, I myself, and I, I think I said it last week or maybe two weeks ago, there are classes in the 36 years of my teaching that didn't learn one word because I had a kid in my class that was disturbing and disturbing or two kids and I had Rachmanis on them. And because I had Rachmanis on them, I lost the whole class. So 16 boys, you think you have an Ahmad, you have 18 boys, and you have these two kids that are just miserable, disturbing, disturbing, you're like, how can I send them out? They're going to end up in public school. At the end of the year, nobody learned anything. And what did you do? You sacrificed 16 kids for two. How are you allowed to do that? So if they're the only two in your class and they're miserable, you talk, you, you have chassid, you're very nice, you keep them. But how are you sacrificing 16 other kids? So yes, yeah, sometimes, as hard as it is, and you should never know from it, if you have a child at home that's destroying your other children, then your rachamim is not rachamim. Your rachamim is din on the other kids. Because if those kids are going to go off to derach because you're leaving this kid at home and they're getting away with everything, then you think you're having rachamim on that child, you don't have a right to sacrifice your other six children for him. You don't have that right. You have to take care of him. You can't throw him in the street without finding a place for him to stay. But no, there is a time, there is a time when you have to amputate or the rest of the body dies. Just such a thing in the physical world and whatever's in the physical world is in the spiritual world so not always being nice and being and, and having rachman I myself can tell you that there are classes and I'm sure after 120 years I'm going to give Din Becheshman and I had these kids a whole year who didn't learn four lines because these guys did not stop disturbing me and I just couldn't throw them and I can tell you that there are at least three divorces that I know that I knew bad things about the boy and I didn't stop the marriage because I said oh he probably did tshuva he probably, I knew really bad stuff, and I knew they were really bad boys. And they came to me, and they were like, I'm good, I'm clean for half a year, and I'm this, and I'm that. 
And I'm like, and the girl's like, I really want to marry him, and I should have stopped it, and I didn't, and I knew stuff about him, but I had Rachman, and it's like, he was my son, would I get in the way of the marriage, it was my son that found this girl, this great girl, would I ever say anything? So I had Rachmanus on him, but I forgot to have Rachmanus on her. And now they're divorced with kids, so what did I do? That was nice, I used my meter for the right thing, no, I should have said, we gotta wait another half a year, we need to check into him. We need to do more work. You know what I mean? So that's not nice. That's not that's not right for me. Can't blame yourself. That, of course you can. You, you have to. That's why you have to make that. You have to make that list tonight. You have to be able to write down. I have a good midah. I have pity on everyone. And then next you would say, How could that hurt someone by sacrificing the person that's being affected by the person I'm having rachman on? I'm not allowed to do that. Ooh, that's interesting. That's a very interesting look. Very good, so that I know that. And sometimes there are good there are good things that are very bad. And sometimes I have some bad migos that are really, really used for good things. Really, really used for good things. I'm very selfish. I don't like to share with anyone anything. Good. Don't share your bad stuff with anyone else either. So good. You're using your selfishness? I want to give them this, that. It's not good? I'm very selfish. I'm not going to give them... In every mina, there's a good and a bad. You need to go and write that list and understand. Because had I done that 35 years ago, I wouldn't have those three divorces, and I wouldn't have lost those those, those bunch of classes. It's not one class, and a bunch of kids. But I had rocked them on this kid, and I didn't throw them out. And he destroyed the whole class, and he brought them girlfriends, and he brought them drugs, and he brought them everything. And I knew the kid was no good, and I couldn't throw him out because I was a bar rachman. But you weren't a bar rachman because. In the Cheshman, you're going to see that what you did to all the other kids by being a Rachman. You can't be a Rachman. Pinchas, Moshe Benes stood there, and Aaron stood there, and Pinchas said, no, there's no place for Rachman here. This guy has to go now. If he doesn't go now, we'll lose the whole Kleistrom. And there was 24,000 already. We'll lose the whole Kleistrom. So the biggest Rachman was he murdered Zimri. That was his Rachman. He had Rachman on Yisrael. He didn't have Rachman on Zimri. So if Yaakov was, was a good guy with good music, then how did he go along with this whole trick and this whole uh, thing? He didn't want him to be a man. His mother told him to do it. No. He, he, he understood. His mother, Rivka understood. Yaakov understood who Esau was. And had Esau gotten this bracha, right, then the Christ would have never made it. So he understood that he was supposed to get this bracha. Who were they to make that decision, though? Uh, she had Rivka had Rucha Kodesh. And I, I guess, I guess, I also guess that that if it wasn't meant to be, Yisuf would have found out. So they saw that it was meant to be because Yisuf himself, after the whole thing happened, really he should have said. Let me read you the end here. Yisuf should have said, "You tricked me." What? It's hard to imagine that he was actually tricked, though. No, he was tricked. One hundred percent. One hundred. One hundred. Well, there's a machleker. There happens to be a machleker, but what one one side definitely was tricked. It was definitely tricked. Hashem, Hashem. Listen, what do you think? Hashem can turn off Ruach Hakodesh. He, he Yaakov was supposed to get the Ruach. There's a whole shear. I don't remember. I gave it about five, six, maybe more, maybe ten years ago. I have to go back and listen to one of my tapes. There's a whole shear that I heard, a fascinating shear. You have a better question. What you're asking. Why Hashem make it come through trickery? In other words, why not Hashem just make it that Yitzhak sees that Asa is Russia, Yaakov sitting alone in Yeshiva, and he comes up with a rock. Why did it have to come through this whole trickery business? Right. Why did it have to go? 
why, do, why did this whole Bechoyer have to go through trickery? They could have just, Yisrael could have known Esav the Russia, Yaakov the Tzadik, and Yaakov the Bracha. If the steel didn't go behind, okay, so one man, one, one says, it wasn't trickery, wasn't trickery, ya, Yitz, Yaakov bought the Bechoyer. Was it, where's the trickery? He was the Bechoyer. What? But he didn't, he didn't steal the Bechoyer, it was his. He bought it. It, what? Yeah, he, bought it. He, didn't want to, he never told Yitzhak that he, that he sold the Bechaira. So I, I, there's a reason that it had to come through. I don't remember. I gave this shit a long time ago. Well, Mashiach had to come that way because the Yitzhak was always looking for the seed of Mashiach. So, but he still could have given it to him. So the Sultan would have done what? What would have done? What would have done? He, there's a reason that I, 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 I'll look it up. I'll try to look it up. Not like the other question. I'll try to look it up and find out. There is a reason why it had to go this way. There is a reason why it had to go this way. I don't know the reason. Honestly, I don't remember the reason, but there is a reason that, you know, we, the, the seed of Mashiach, we know it had to come through us. It had to come this way because the Yetzirah was always looking for it. Maybe, maybe the same. Let, let's just take a look at one second. Let's take a look. Hold on. He finds out. Listen carefully. He shook. He shook a terrible, terrible charada because he saw Gehenna. He actually saw Gehenna open up underneath him when Esav came. By Yomer, me Efer who had such sayid. By Yavoli, who who was it that gave me the food and brought it to me? Vaochal. Mikol and we and I ate from all of it. Keteran tovle vaborchehu, gam boruch iya. So he said he didn't say he tricked he tricked me he should be he should be cursed. He said gam boruch iya he should be benched. So that means that Yitzchak realized that it was bashet that he was fooled. He realized that it was bashet that he that he was fooled. So Esav began to cry and bocheni gam ani give me also a bracha right. Your brother, so here from the Torah, Mashmi was tricked. He really didn't know. Your brother came and tricked me, right? So it's Mashmi. He did not know. But some of Farshim say that in the end he did, he did know. I don't know. But, but the Mashmi from the Torah it sounds like he did not know. So you go because the question is, the question is why? And now Esau tells Yitzchak what happened. He says, "Hachi Karolish Moyakov, he he did this to me twice." As Bacharasi Lokach, he took my he took my Bacharah. You want to hear something weird, crazy? Listen to this. He took my 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 Bacharah. Vehine Ata Lokach Bechasi, and he also took my bracha. And, I, and he also took my bracha. You want to hear something crazy? I just see it now. I just see it now. It's in the schus of everyone in this room. This is in the schus. This shot that I'm about to say. I never saw it anywhere, but I just saw it now when I'm saying this. And Hashem brought it down into the world because you guys are all here. This is what he said. He tricked me twice. He took my Bechai Rasi. He took my Bechai And now he took my Bracha. How do you spell Bechai Rasi? Bez, Chaf, Rez, Tov, Yud. And now he took my Bechasi. Bez, Rez, Chaf, Tov, Yud. Same, same letters. Same words. 
Same words. He took my Bechayra, right? He took, and that's what I was telling you before, that he didn't steal it. He took my Bechayra, Bechayra, see? He, he fooled me twice, and he got my Bechayra. So you see, it's the same word. You showed him the Bechayra, right? So he got the Bechayra. Exact same letters, same words, same exact letters. Just mixed around. Very cool. I never saw that. When he saw, when you sold the charasi, you sold my birkasi. It's the same word. Very cool. All right, we have another. We have one minute. We'll end with this. The following scary story on the on the totally different subject on answering amen to a bracha. I don't think I ever said this story. So the story goes like this. It happened in Spain. And there was in a very big city in Spain before the Inquisition. And there was a a king who wanted to get rid of the Jews many times. But there was a very big tzaddik. And he was also very wealthy. And the king loved this, this Jew, this one Jew. And every time that he wanted to throw the Jews out, this chassid would go, who the king loved, he would go, and he would talk to the king and he would break the, he would break the Xerah. One day, the king gets angry at the Jews and he wants to throw them out. And the whole Kehillah comes to this chassid and they ask him to go to the king to David, to, to, to talk to him, to break the Xerah. But, when they came to him, he was about to go David Mincha. And he couldn't David Mincha because the king was waiting. So he ran to the king and he said, Abdavin, be chidus by the king. Okay? So, because because Lamaisa Bukwach Nefesh is Daich everything. Fine. So he comes to the king and um, he's in the Chatzah Melech and the Melech sees him and the Melech runs and he gives him a hug and a kiss and uh, the Chas is thinking to himself, the Tzadik, for sure the Xerah is going to be broken, the king loves me, right? And in the middle, right, he go, he's sitting on the seat, going to the side, the a priest, Kaimer, a big priest comes. From far away to see the king, and he bows down in front of the king, and he gives a bracha to the king, a blessing from afar to this king in Spain, and he gives him a bracha and a long, long, long bracha, and he says it in Latin, Russian Latin, and of course the chassid doesn't understand Latin, right? And he, the chassid realizes that the mincha, the sun's setting, so he goes to a corner and he davens mincha. So he's davening, and this, this, this priest is. Blessing this king and blessing this king, and he was davening. Anyway, finally, the, the the he was bowing down the whole time. The priest he gets up and he tells everybody in in um, Latin that they should all answer Amen, right? Amen, whatever they say in Latin on this huge bracha they just gave the king. So, so that the, the bracha will be makoya, will come true. So everybody answers Amen, right? The chassid didn't understand what they were talking about. He doesn't answer Amen. He's davening. He doesn't say anything. Because he didn't want to be mafzik in the middle of Tefillah. So, he asked, the priest turns around and says, did everybody here say Amen? And they said yes. And then he came to the Jew and he said, did you answer Amen? And he said, no. I was praying. I didn't answer Amen. So the priest turns to the king and he starts to pull out his hair. And he starts screaming and yelling. And he says, Oi, this terrible thing that just happened, because of this Jew, did not answer Amen on the bracha that I gave to the king. The whole bracha will not come true, and now only bad things are going to happen to the king. When the king heard 
that I got a blessing and the Jew, the Jew was the only one here that didn't say amen, right? He became very, very angry and he killed the Jew. He killed the chassid and he cut him, in, he cut him into little pieces and he died a very painful dead, death and they put the pieces into a cloth, into a sack and they sent it to his house and then the king was Megarish, all the Jews in that city or that whatever, that country, he threw them all out. Okay? Not okay, but whatever. So, there was a very big tzaddik that was a very close friend of this tzaddik that they cut into little pieces. And he, he couldn't understand how God could do this to this big tzaddik who, who was mamash, did uh, chesed, and was a huge tzaddik how could Hashem do this that he should get chopped into little pieces and sent home in a bag? And what what could have happened? So he began to daven, and he began to fast, and he fasted forty days in a row. And he said, In Shemayim, I want to know why he was punished this way. What what chait did he do? Okay? So after the forty days of fasting, he went into a room, and he began to, you know, to I guess I don't know what they do exactly. And the chassid that died came to him from Shemayim in the middle of the day, the cheder into the room. It's called. It's there's two ways of seeing a person. There's one is in the, in, a, in a dream, and one is alive. I know Ramachluf used to used to see sometimes alive even people who come back. Okay, but anyway, the the chassid that was alive. Was, was very scared. He had this guy sitting in front of me who, you know, that he had daven. So he said, Why did Hashem do this to you? Why was Hashem so angry with you? What did you do? So the chassid who died said, I'll tell you what. I didn't do any avera to Hashem. Hashem is very didactic with his tzaddikim. Many people are not careful with this sin, this sin that I did. What did I do? One time my son made hamotzi on a piece of bread. And I heard the bracha. But I didn't answer amen. He said, so what did Hashem do? Shh, let me tell a story. Crazy story. So what did Hashem do? Hashem went ahead and gave me me the Canadian me the. You didn't say a name on a bracha that was made for me. Your death is going to come through. You not saying a name on a bracha that was done for another king. Me the Canadian, everything. Hashem is always me the Canadian me the. Okay. What? He has Rachman, but this, he was a very big tzaddik, and so he's gonna, he's gonna explain. He tells him why. He says, So the said, what did I do so bad? She so says, Look at this king, a of a dumb. He got so angry that someone gave him a blessing, and there was someone amongst everybody that didn't say amen, that he chopped me into little pieces. He says, Could you imagine, somebody benches Hashem, and says, God should be, you should, God should be blessed, who brought bread from the earth, and you sit there and don't say amen, means you feel God should not be blessed. If someone makes a bracha by priya aids, and you don't say amen, you don't say yes, that means you don't feel that God should be blessed, that he created trees. So he says, 
Tell your children and your grandchildren, and any human beings in this world, tell them this story. They have to be very careful to answer. And he disappeared. So he explains here in the, in the, in the, in the Abbas Chaim. So a person thinks, if you hear a bracha and you don't say amen, big deal. So it's not, it's not that you didn't say amen, it's an insult. It's an insult because the person's benching Hashem. Bless you, Hashem, who created trees. Bless you, Hashem, Ashiyotza. Whatever it is, who created a human being with all these parts. And, you don't, and you're like, no, no, I don't agree. Because you're not saying amen. It means I don't agree. Like this guy did. So he says, the person, I'm just telling you, this has nothing to do with the shit. Like, a person has to be very careful when somebody says a bracha to make sure that you don't miss and you say amen. And on top of that, if you say amen, it's like you made the bracha. If I say the king is great, I'm going to make the statement in this room. And I'm like, Hashem is great. He created fruit from trees. And all of you scream, Amen. So you made the same bracha. You said, yes, he's great. He created trees. You gave the same mitzvah as the guy who made the bracha. Well, a person has to be very mocked that when he hears a bracha, Amen, that he says, that he, that he answers Amen. So, my bracha to everyone here is, you can say Amen. My, my bracha to everyone here is that, Bezrat Hashem, this, this, this week, Taka is the bracha, fantastic bracha on Panasa and spiritual things, on the physical things, the bracha that Yitzchak gave um, to, to, to Yaakov, that all those brachas should Taka be Mekayim, and one of it was that the, that, the, um, that the older will serve the younger, which is that Esav will serve Yaakov, Hashem, we should see that, Mekarov, Mamish, Guten Shabbos, and Atzachan Bacham. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.